Welcome to Tax Breaks, the Moody's Tax Podcast, where you find informed discussions, lively debate, and sometimes a little lighthearted fun around tax issues in Canada, the United States, and around the world. Good day. My name is Kim Moody. I'm the CEO of Moody's Tax. I'm also a director of Canadian Tax Advisory. I'm here with my colleague, Kenneth Kung, who is a director of Canadian Tax Advisory. Hello, everyone. Kenneth, as you likely know, is one of the smartest guys around, and he's done a lot of work with the with the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, the SEBA, and all the other uh, goodies that the government has provided during you know the pandemic of 2020. And so today we're going to talk about some more goodies that were announced on October the 9th, uh, 2020, and. And I guess the uh, tradition continues, eh, Kenneth? I mean, mm-hmm. the Department of Finance is known for releasing juicy information or, you know, tax technical packages. Um, Although I won't call this a tax technical no, package. No, it's not. A, this announcement, <laughs> as, as you're going to talk about here shortly, is definitely not that. But, you know, ever since I've been in tax, and I don't know if it's coincidental or if it's purposeful, and I've bugged, you know, certain Department of Finance people over the years, but... Um, Long story short is there seems to always be interesting announcements for, before the long weekend, and this is no different. Um, they so what, probably thought they we would like more time to read it before <laughs> going back to work. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so interesting announcements, and what did they what did they talk about, Kenneth? Why don't we start with the the first one? They they talked, you know, they announced like they did in the September twenty third two thousand twenty throne speech that you and I did a podcast on a few weeks back. You know, they talked about the, the can emergency wage subsidy, mm-hmm. choose as we call it. And they're what are they doing with it? Yeah. They are well, instead of but they're flattening the choose. They, we were in very that successful in flattening the curve for the virus. <laughs> so we are flattening the choose for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're pretty warped here at that Moody's tax in terms of our humor. So uh, anyhow, flattening the choose. I like it. Yeah. So um, as many of you know the choose was supposed to phase out um, by end of this year. So the amount of choose based on the so-called choose 2.0 formula goes down every every month. And now that they're going to extend the program till next summer, they can't they certainly can't phase it down too much. So they on October 9th they said that they will freeze the current choose uh, choose calculation level up to the end of uh, December. And that what does that mean? That means, so currently, in the October uh, month, which is actually period eight of choose, can you believe that? We have, have eight periods of That's choose crazy. already. That's oh, <laughs> on, on the one hand, it seems like it's a long, long time ago. On the other hand, it seems like it happened yesterday. But Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in, in period eight, uh, how you calculate choose is... For the first 50% of the revenue decline, you get so-called the base percentage. And base percentage is 0.8 of your revenue uh, decline percentage. So, um, for example, if, I, if, if you have a 20% revenue decline, let's say, compared to last year, uh, you will take 20%, multiply that by 0.8, and you multiply that by the maximum wage threshold per week of 1,129, and you multiply those three, num- three numbers together, which I believe you get around um, $180. And 
and and and then and there you go. That that's your wage subsidy for the employee if you only have a twenty percent revenue decline. Now that base percentage 0.8 is supposed to go down to 0.4 next month in November, and the government said no. We will hold that 0.8 for base percentage calculation till the end of the year, um, and then and then they're going to extend the program, the choose program until June of 2021. We, but beyond that, do we know much more, Kenneth? I mean, there's no no, no draft legislation released, mm-hmm. and they will have to have draft legislation uh, because the the last version, so from Bill C twenty, they hard coded in this this phase out, and they hard coded in um, an end to the wage subsidy program um, for end of December. So they they're going to have to have Parliament. Uh, agree on a new set of legislation. Now, do we, we have seen that story like a couple of times before, where they are so confident about the end of the crisis that they they hard coded things into legislation with no flexibility, yeah. but with, with not enough flexibility. So I wonder next round are they going to do that again, or are they going to give the power to indefinitely extend this to to some future period? Yeah, that's. It'll be interesting to see, number one, when the draft legislation, like are they going to release it in the next week or two or three or a month or like before the end of December um, or, you know, sometime next year. Um, you and I have talked lots and, and you are the principal author behind our, you know, the version two blog and the, and the flowcharts um, mm-hmm. uh, of Choose, you know, and, and we're on record saying that Choose version two is you know, very well targeted, uh, mm-hmm. but horrifically complex. And mm-hmm. so I guess my question to you, Kenneth, do, do we expect from these announcements based upon the little that was released on October 9th that we're going to have choose version three with some additional complexity or mm-hmm. perhaps reduced complexity? Or is this more of a version 2B, like 2 little b, for example? My bet is this will be version 2B. They... Um, who knows what will happen, but my guess is all they will do is extend the program, change some percentage. They will, I'm sure there will still be some sort of phase out um, in, in the last couple of months of the program. And there will probably be a few more anti-abuse rules that they may, they, they're probably looking at the results of the, the audits they've been doing and looking at what kind of abuses they're seeing and maybe close down some some of those so-called loopholes, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I wonder if it's too early for them to assess that so far, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. No, they, maybe they, not. They, are, they are getting a very, they're, they're starting audits very early as we have blocked before. Yeah, as we've seen, yeah. So so I guess the message is stand by, we'll, we'll have to see. And so what else did they announce in the October 9th uh, long mm-hmm. weekend announcement, Kenneth? Yeah, another good news for business. Um, at least in the short term story, which is an expansion of SIBA. So the SIBA loan, the SIBA loan has been very popular as seen in the um, in the numbers of the amount of loans they have handed out. I forgot the number, but it was a very a big, big number. number. Yeah. And so as many of you know, the SIBA loan is $40,000 of which 25% will be forgivable. Um, and the it is... I think it's a maximum 
your maximum loan balance this year, and if you repay 75% by, by December 31st, 2022, then 25% will be forgiven or $10,000 maximum. Uh, the government on October 9th announced that they will be granting another $20,000 of this SIBA loan, of which half will be forgivable probably based on uh, similar guideline, guidelines of uh, based on your repayment by the end of 2022. Yeah, they must have been working with the financial institutions closely behind the scenes, which, I mean, I would expect that, but I've already, you know, received emails from my financial, my personal financial institutions, mm -hmm. you know, announcing this. So, so good on them, good on the government. I know the Canadian Federation of Independent Business has been working very, very hard behind the scenes to make these changes uh, happen. And the last time I think they made some changes to this program, Kenneth, was in May of 2020, so quite some time ago already mm -hmm. in, in the pandemic world, at least anyhow. And what did they do then? Yeah, so previously in the in the original version, you must have, I think, $40,000 of payroll in 2019. And then in the, when when they changed the system in, in May, they said even if you don't have payroll in 2019, if you show at least $40,000 of non-deferrable eligible expenses in 2020, then you can still qualify for the loan, which, which, which is a great idea uh, because there are many businesses, um, they either don't have employees, but it's still a, an operating business that's suffer suffering, or they have just been... Um, compensating their owners with uh, dividends, for example. But the, the problem with that is there is a lot of debate over what is non-deferrable expense, and the government have issued guidelines on what they are. At first, it was very restrictive, such as um, property tax uh, and, and um, mortgage payments and so forth. And then they expanded the list to include things like uh, inputs for goods that are resold to customers. But uh, just anecdotally, we, we see a lot of still unfairness. For example, service industry that um, are un unable to claim their input expenses as, as non-deferrable expenses because the guidelines from the government was only for inputs to goods that are resold to customers. Uh, so one recent example we heard is about truck drivers who couldn't include their uh, gasoline cost as part of the non-deferrable expenses. Yeah, that, that's, you know, when you start thinking some of those examples through, it gets a little silly, right? Yeah, yeah. whereas, say, a restaurant can because they resold that, that food to the, to, the, to the end client. Yeah. So hopefully they can work through some of these kinks. But anyhow, the announced changes um, look good. Um, mm -hmm. I guess uh, we'll wait some, some details on this uh, as well. And I guess the last highlight... Announcement on October the 9th was dealing with rent, which all, you know, the new Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy. Oh, how are we going to pronounce that, Kenneth? Chers? Sirs. <laughs> Sirs. <laughs> but, you know, the, that, which, which doesn't compare all that nicely to the existing rent program, Circa, or, or mm -hmm. whatever we call it, Canada Emergency Rent uh, I can't even remember what the, what the acronym yeah, stands C for in any, but it's called Secret. <laughs> yeah, Secret. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know, what was the problem with the first uh, program, Kenneth, mm -hmm. that with, we saw? Yeah, with Secra, that was a subsidy given to the commercial landlord, which has good policy reason behind because it's much more easy to police landlords than, than, than police all of the uh, tenants. But anyways, that program required that the landlord as, um, attest or assert that their tenants meet a revenue decline of more than 70%. Uh, the, of course, the, the landlord don't have full visibility to their tenants' financial, but that's what they got to rely on, that their tenants have had that kind of uh, revenue decrease for the landlord to to qualify. And also, it it was um, the threshold was pretty limited. I believe um, it was only for um, a small business tenant, and they measured that by the amount of uh, rent the tenant pays. So the, the program, the program all around was fairly restrictive, and the take up I understand have been quite low. Yeah. Anecdotally, whenever I've been speaking on this, either by Zoom or I did my first in-person speaking session last week, I, you know, I had people put a, a show of hands of how many, how many have had clients, because uh, it was accountants and lawyers in the audience, and and uh, there was only a couple that put up their hands that you know that had clients that you know took up Secra, mm -hmm. and, and, and also also mentioned that to take up Secra, you the landlord have to agree to basically taking 25% less yeah. of uh, rent profit up front. And um, most don't want to do that un until their tenant is failing and not being able to pay rent. Yeah. So what what is this new, you know, CHURS, Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy? Mm -hmm. So not too much detail, but the government said this new program will be provided directly to the tenants. Uh, while also providing some support to property owners. So I'm not sure what that really means. It would still require the tenant to show some kind of revenue drop. Uh, but if the tenant qualified, it looks like that, um, they, that the program will subsidize up to 65% of what they call eligible expenses, which I assume is the rent they pay. So... I guess we'll just have to stand by and look for more. But I mean, just off the top of my head here, Kenneth, I would imagine, like choose, that any amount received by the tenant out of this new program will be taxable to them. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know you wrote something about this in, in your recent paper, not about this new program, but about choose and the timing of the taxation receipt and what have you. So I guess those elements as well might be imported, depending on the legislation, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so those are the announcements, I guess. Uh, but what do we think of these programs? You know, let's maybe look at it from the lens of the recipients of these programs or the users of these programs. Good news, bad news, indifferent? Oh, recipients of this program, in the short term, of course, they're clapping their hands. Who don't like more money? Yeah, I, I, and I would agree. But what about from the lens of the government, or just the government of Canada? Try that again, the country of Canada. Are these, is it good news, bad news, indifferent? Um, who knows? Um, of course, these are all tremendously expensive. And um, like just this, I, 
I can't recall the number of SIBA loans handed out, but it was more than 50 billion, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's in that neighborhood. Yeah. And um, that is a tremendously big number. And and all these spending right now have to be paid for somehow um, in the future. And that likely is not a good thing for businesses to yeah, and on, and on resulting tax policy, right? I mean, you and I like to pontificate on on economics and economic policy, but you know, <laughs> we're not economists. We 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 have no clue, you know, other than from you know just experience in terms of what this might do for a country. My my two cents on this, Kenneth. Uh, yes, it's good for uh, the recipients, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are just hanging on by this, you know. And we see that in our client base. We see that with other accountants and lawyers and bankers, clients. It's a sad, sad time out there mm -hmm. for small businesses. And, and things are not getting really better either. You know, no. With the, uh, especially what's happening in Ontario. It's, it's, it's not a good news story. So, so from that perspective, you know, maybe this gives them the ability to hang on because small business, let's be serious, is the lifeblood of our country, a uh, mm -hmm. country's economy. We cannot afford, without tremendous damage to our country's economy, to see these businesses, you know, en masse fail. And so, so from that perspective, yes, it, it's a good good thing. However, I do worry about the economics uh, because this kind of, you know, deficit load is just not sustainable as a country, and I worry about the long term impacts if this carries on. To see this. You know, going on, for example, the new Choose program until June of 21. I mean, wow, that's a long time in the whole scheme of things. Yep. And uh, I haven't seen any projections yet by the parliamentary budget officer um, or any estimates in terms of what what this will cost uh, to extend that long. Yeah. But I have to think it's going to be billions and billions and billions of dollars, which, yeah. again, is unsustainable. Yeah, Choose was supposed to be a three-month program, you remember? Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be, I think the original estimate was just, you know, mid-30s for billions, like uh, call it $35 billion. I think it was a little more than that. And then version 2, I think it was $82.6 billion, if I recall. Um, but the uptick has not been anywhere near that. Mm -hmm. So what is version 2B going to be? I guess time will tell. But So I am concerned. Um, but in the meantime, let's keep our ears to the ground. And thank you, Kenneth, for... Uh, for your comments and we'll get uh, have it have a look at Kenneth's blog that accompanies this podcast as well and but until next time thank you very much thank you